damn it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. December and there's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last I can't remember the last thing that you said as you were leaving and the days go by so fast and it's one more day up in the canyon Hey everybody, it's a new year, a new day, a new era here on the Wrestling Life Podcast. It's episode 184 of the Wrestling Life and it's, as we mentioned, it's the new year, but before we get into 2019, we have to take a look back on 2018. And when I think of 2018, Ethan, I think that there is so much to talk about. And as always, so much that we can't talk about. I guess before we get into our, our main categories and everything, what are like a couple defining things that stick out to you for professional wrestling in 2018? Be them positive or negative. Uh, the end of the Young Bucks Cody era in Ring of Honor stands out. Sure. Um, Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega having the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen uh, <laughs> stands out. Yeah. Uh, the proliferation of New Japan and, you know, uh, running a, a few U.S. shows and clearly trying to expand globally and um, experimenting with different ways to try to reach their English-speaking audience, <laughs> um, including yes. including uh, Leaping Lanny Poffo. <laughs> uh, WWE doing long, long long shows yes raw being terrible mm. uh, smackdown being okay sometimes and just road dog telling his stories uh <laughs> much of the time they have two hours and yet i feel like i only ever see randy orton and whoever the champion is at the time on that show yeah. Um, the emergence of Becky Lynch as um, probably the biggest wrestling star to the WWE audience since CM Punk, I would say. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I, I think they kind of hit on the same nerve too. I feel like that's a it's a it's an act that excites like the hardcore fans, but maybe doesn't necessarily reach mainstream i don't know if anyone can reach mainstream now but (laughs) (laughs) um i think it kind of strikes that hardcore fan chord so that's cool and uh you know i met trish stratus and sasha banks and uh, that's what i was waiting for and old amy third place this year (laughs) and And uh and reminded us uh you told lita that she was your (laughs) least favorite of the people you met yeah, I don't know why. I I think she's a nice lady. I don't know why. <laughs> I I don't know why I felt the need to share that with her. Well, but, you know. But I did. 
things um, happen. Yeah, so that's all they ever do. <laughs> <laughs> I like to announce that I'm quitting the show and I'm joining Dawes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of uh, what comes to mind uh, for me uh, personally in uh, the year that was 2018. Cool, yeah. I mean, only other ones I can mention. Obviously, All In was a really big deal. Yeah, and I mean, you kind of mentioned that with the you know Cody, Cody and the Bucks and everybody choosing to basically leave Ring of Honor and uh, apparently going off to start their own thing. Um, and All In was obviously a big uh, part of that. Uh, decision i'm sure the success that it was and uh the sort of the passion of the fans that were there um i think that was that was maybe the standout moment for me was just uh other on on the negative side uh wwe aka walmart finally cracked down on all those uk wrestlers and told Mm -hmm. them they can't wrestle indies no more yeah and uh, you and I probably were saying that as early as like mid 2017 that this was coming. Yeah. But uh, so that was obviously, dis- I mean, maybe a little disappointing to see, but not the least bit shocking if you are at all aware of how WWE works as a company. Um, yeah. Along those lines, um, clearly global NXT territories are coming. Yes. And. Uh, because WWE has kind of NXT North America has become more of a touring, like a touring third brand uh, with indie stars. WWE had to establish a working relationship with Evolve, so where yes. they can send the guys that are not good enough to be on the NXT tour, but and like still need work. So like WWE developmental is actually like Evolve now, which is yes. Weird. <laughs> I mean, yes, good. Fabian Eichner is the Evolve Heavyweight Champion, <laughs> and Street Profits are the Tag Champions. I mean, good. At least they realize this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as far as if if that's their goal is, and obviously Hunter said that plenty of times that his goal has always been to you know make it so that NXT isn't really developmental or not just developmental anymore. That it's it's completely its own brand, and they. And they get to tour and 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 really, you know, fill up arenas and stuff. And you need stars to do that. And so, if you have the big stars who are already TV ready on the main NXT shows, and then farm out the other people to to evolve or to your other smaller NXT territories, I I mean, that's not the worst idea. Yeah. So that's kind of just what jumps out at me. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's pretty fair, and I'm sure there will be other moments. If there's anything glaring, feel free to tweet us or or talk to us after after you hear this show. But getting into the the nitty gritty here, Ethan, I uh, I did a lot of Twitter polls, uh, Vince Russo's favorite type of Twitter, um, and just asked people what they thought was the best moments, matches, shows of the year. And so basically, we'll just run them down. I'll read the results of the poll, and you and I will decide if the listener <laughs> was right or wrong. <laughs> okay. So let us get started here as I pull them up slowly. All right. I'm kind of going a little out of order with the way I posted the polls, but that's because I want to build the main event, have the biggest categories last. So starting with Tag Team of the Year... Uh, Undisputed Era won this very handily 
over SoCal Uncensored and uh, the Usos and the Bullet Club. So, Undisputed Era Tag Team of the Year. Correct or incorrect? Uh, I mean, if you don't watch, if you only watch WWE, then yes, that's correct. I think that's going to be a theme among a lot of these polls. My takeaway from these polls was that none of the listener or Twitter follower um, watched New Japan. Yeah, that's that's pretty obvious. There's a few New Japan names that will come up, but I don't think any of them won. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty obvious. I mean, it's it's been a really good year. Rapongi 3K and some of the the junior tag guys do some incredible stuff in in New Japan, and it's it, I, I really don't get me wrong. I really like Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. They're two of the best workers in the entire company. But mm, I don't know. You could make arguments for other teams. I think. What about I? You've notably omitted Bob Fish from your list of good workers. There. Oh yes, Bob Fish is good. Right. I don't know. Bob Fish is just like he comes out in his dad jeans, and he's and his weird beard, and I'm just like, hey, it's Bob Fish, forty year old man. Yes. Very good worker though. Yes. Wouldn't would never say he's not a good worker. Just he doesn't stand out to me as like top tier the way Roddy or O'Reilly does. All right, moving right along to our next category, which is best show of the year. And speaking of how our listener maybe only watches WWE, all four finalists were NXT TakeOver shows. And the winner was the NXT TakeOver New Orleans show over WrestleMania weekend that had the ladder match that opened the show, um, had the first Gargano and Ciampa match, the only WWE show in history to have two five-star matches from Dave Meltzer on it. Uh, so that's their that's the listener's pick. Uh, what was the best show you saw in 2018, Ethan? I actually think that TakeOver War Games <laughs> was, it was the best WWE show I've ever seen, I think. Wow. And... You know, it was two hours and 15 minutes or two and a half hours, not, you know, seven hours at one o'clock <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning. Like so. Uh, and problem with New Japan shows is that they're very top heavy. So there's, you know, on a, on a lot of their pay-per-view type shows, there's four really great matches on top. But you got, you know, six, eight man tags underneath with all the old New Japan dads who can't work <laughs> anymore. The Bob Fishes of New Japan. Yeah, and it's, just, you know, the, the undercards there are just n- nothing. Um, so anyway, TakeOver War Games is the best show I saw all year. Yeah, I mean, the, the ones that came to mind for me, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12, top to bottom, was a pretty phenomenal show. Uh, from the Young Bucks and Rapongi 3K in the opener uh, to the... Uh, uh, Goto and it was this was the Goto Suzuki hair match year, I believe, and yeah. that was uh, if you if you don't mind really strong strikes to the face, which I do, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. But uh, and then obviously the the Naito Okada main event I loved, the Jericho Omega match I loved. Um, the uh, there's a lot of really good stuff on that show. That one stood out to me, and all in, I I think. 
if you eliminate the MJF opener of that show, <laughs> um, which was not bad, it was just like nobody ex- knew that match was happening. So when uh, M Dog, Matt Cross, and and MJF <laughs> came out to just have a wrestling match to start the show, I think people were just a little off guard. Um, that show was really good. The Marty Okada match, the the shockingly good uh, Stephen Amell match, the uh, the crazy sprint main event, the uh, the Omega Pentagon match, all really good. And I will also give a shout out to Evolution, which from a wrestling standpoint was not anywhere near the best show of the year, but as like a show, it wasn't that long and it was like a really feel good show. And you did have that crazy, uh, Charlotte Becky made a last man standing match. So all all those were shout outs. I think I would give my nod to wrestle kingdom, but that war game show was really great too. All right. Moving on to our next category, uh, best female wrestler of the year. You'll be shocked to know in a landslide victory, Becky Lynch was chosen as the best female wrestler of the year. Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? I I, I love Becky. It's my favorite character uh, in a long time. Um, obviously, not excluding my already existing favorites. Sure, sure. She's not on your Mount Rushmore yet. No, 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 and I've met all of them and posed for pictures <laughs> being big and fat and sweaty. <laughs> just, just sweat dripping off me. <laughs> Pimples on my face and just sweat. <laughs> for the record, my, my wrestling Mount Rushmore is just four dusty roads. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the only correct answer in my book. but yeah, That's fair. Um, all right, moving on to our next category, which is uh, best on interviews slash promos. Uh, Samoa Joe was the winner here, and I kind of think they got this one right. He defeated people like Becky Lynch, people like Cody, uh, Juice Robinson, Zack Sabre Jr., Jericho, uh, Daniel Bryan. Sorry, the new Daniel Bryan. Um, defeated all of them. Samoa Joe, picked by our, our listener and our Twitter follower, as the promo slash interview of the year. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. I do want to go back to talking about Becky, though, for a minute. Oh, sure. Uh, Becky... We got a little off time. Yeah, her work is solid, but I don't... As far as, like, a worker, she's good, but I don't think she's the best female wrestler in that company. I don't think she's the best female wrestler on SmackDown. Yeah, I don't... You know, I don't know if she's top five in the company yeah um, but but that's just nitpicking like you know i mean and again i didn't limit this to in ring i i sort of just said best you know i i left it sort of purposefully generic i i left it up to the to the voter uh you know to choose their categories i was actually talking with a friend of mine who uh follows us and he said he had to vote for Shayna baszler because he thought 
Becky had a great three months. And but from you know January to August of 2018, she didn't do much. And he felt like Shayna had a better year start to finish. It's like, yeah, I can I can appreciate that that point of view. I think you could say Rhonda had not only one of the best years for a woman, maybe one of the best rookie years anybody's ever had in WWE. And I I could I could make a case for Ronda Rousey as the best. It was one of the best female wrestlers in the company. So uh yeah, that's that's fair. But uh yes, as moving on, as we mentioned, Smojo wins promos. I kind of agree with that. I, I do enjoy Juice Robinson's stuff. Um, but Joe cut a lot of really good promos and he did it all year. And even though he'll never get to win the title, he just worked with all the main eventers all year and cut a lot of good promos. So I'm I'm fine with Joe winning that. All right, so we got our two big categories left. We have Match of the Year and Male Wrestler of the Year. The winner in a come-from-behind victory, he was down in the polls until the very last minute, Johnny Gargano was voted as the best male wrestler of the year. Uh, wrong or right? I think he's the best guy in WWE. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think Okada and Omega and Tanahashi... And Takahashi and Ishii. Kabushi. <laughs> Kodobushi. I think there's a lot of guys. Will Ospreay. Yeah. Mm, I don't think Pete Dunn's quite at Gargano's level, but he's in the conversation. Anyway, Gargano is probably one of the 10 or 15 best guys in the world. Uh, and he's probably the best guy in WWE. So. If you primarily watch WWE, and yeah, no problem with that. Yeah, as and as we mentioned, it's very clear that our audience mostly does watch WWE and NXT, and that's fine. There's no no wrong answers in a category like this. But well, well, maybe maybe if you didn't need a master's degree to try <laughs> to figure a doctorate to try to figure out how to get New Japan World, you know, if they just had like a smart TV app or a Roku app, yes, or like I bought an Amazon Fire Stick last year, so I could get New Japan World, and the app on the Fire Stick doesn't work. Mm. So the only way I gotta, the only way I can watch New Japan is on my laptop. Yeah, I, I usually I downloaded like a weird third party app that allows me <laughs> to uh, airplay it to my television. But yes, it would be great if there was a a simpler way to uh, to watch. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I think it's still Okada until it's like, I don't see anybody that I watch that I think is better than that guy. Like he's just so darn good at everything. And he's, and I know everybody says that he kind of just works his Okada match, but he's had really great matches with a lot of different types of opponents. And he continued that this year and he got, and he kind of single-handedly made me care about Jay White. And I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, big big year. Breathe with a switchblade. Yes. Um, but yes, so moving on. So that's our, our thoughts on wrestle of the year. Final category, best match of the year. Now, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of really good wrestling. So much that some of the, some of the matches I put up in the polls, I haven't even seen. But I just knew people raved about them, so I put them in there. Stuff that's happening overseas, uh, you know, things like 
some of the matches Walter has had, you know, matches like uh, Riddle and Osprey from OTT in Ireland. Just so much crazy good wrestling. Not to mention that, you know, <laughs> Tomohiro Ishii just has like nothing but four and a half star matches <laughs> in New Japan. And he's not even like the best guy in New Japan. Um, or maybe he is. Um, <laughs> that's a conversation for maybe another day. Sure. But, um, so our listener picked uh, all the way. We narrowed it down all the way to two choices. The two choices were the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks from the uh, show in the United States and Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas. Now, if you've been paying attention to this show, you can probably guess what won in the poll. Uh, Andrade Almas versus uh, Gargano won. Um, what was, I guess, what was your match of the year? And you can probably name a few here. You don't have to limit it to just one because there were so many gosh darn great matches this year. Sure. All, I just want to say all I remember from the uh, Golden Lovers Young Bucks match is Kota Ibushi getting concussed and then yes. like doing moonsaults onto nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he was a little uh, out to lunch, I think the phrase is. Yes, he was clearly knocked loopy. Um, I get, you know, when I'm, when I'm covering a show, I'm kind of watching it probably a little bit differently than, um, than if I can just sit back and enjoy it. But yeah. I, I mean, Okada and Omega at, what was it? Dominion in yes. June this year. That's the, it's the greatest match I've ever seen. Uh, Omega and Ishii from the G1. Oh yeah. That was my favorite match of the G1. I did not see. Um, Okada and Tanahashi from the G1. Um, but I saw their Spoiler other... Spoiler alert, it was great. Okay. I saw their other singles match this year, uh, which is great. Um, uh, any Johnny Gargano takeover match is, uh, you know, totally acceptable to be on this list. Uh, I can't really think of a main roster WWE match. <laughs> <laughs> That I would put, you know, that ladder match at uh, Takeover New Orleans was oh my gosh, was tremendous. Yeah, I got yeah, I got no problems with the, you know those last two choices. They wouldn't be mine, but I don't think there's anything wrong with. I think they're you know, in, they're they're totally in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just want to mention a few uh, a few dark horse maybe ones that wouldn't get mentioned, but. Uh, show of Rapani 3K and Dragon Lee had a match in the best of the Super Juniors tournament that I just thought was one of the best things I saw all year. Um, that Super Juniors tournament just had a lot of like crazy good wrestling. Well, Takahashi was, you know, hadn't broken his neck yet. Yeah. And he's one of the best guys in the world. And Dragon Lee's just not of this earth. <laughs> like, he has like this bodybuilder physique, but he flies. He's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Um, yeah, the the Takahashi Desperado match from that tournament was insane. The uh, yeah, some the Marty Skrull. Uh, anytime Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay get in the ring together, I think it's magic. Um, and so yeah, definitely definitely want to give a shout out specifically to the the junior heavyweights in New Japan because I think they just consistently turn in some of the most spectacular stuff you're ever going to see. Um, but yeah, as far as the big obvious ones, you you kind of hit on most of them. Um, I think 
Ishii versus Omega might be my personal pick, my personal favorite match of the year. Um, from an athletic standpoint, I don't think there's any denying that Okada versus Omega was one of the most impressive things anyone's ever done in the wrestling ring. Maybe, maybe the most impressive from the pace they cut to the way the match was put together uh, to the, you know, the athleticism on display, just, just absolutely phenomenal. And then, yeah, Johnny Gargano had like, you know, four or five incredible matches on takeovers. I will say I would not have picked the Almas match because that's the match where Gargano should have won the title. Mm. And that also started the downturn of Johnny Gargano as a babyface. And I will never, ever forgive Triple H for squandering Johnny Gargano's zenith as a babyface. So I, I can't personally give Almas Gargano my pick. Any of the Gargano Champa matches were all wild and insane. The Gargano and Aleister Black match from the last takeover was really great. Um, yeah, I mean, main roster. Um, the TLC match that we just saw at the end of last year between Becky, Asuka, and Charlotte was really great. Um, and I really liked Asuka and Charlotte from WrestleMania, and I really liked Ronda and Kurt against Triple H and Stephanie. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I, I couldn't name any of those. I can't say any of those were in the stratosphere of any of the Gargano matches, let alone, uh, you know, some of the, the New Japan stuff. So, yeah, I think, I think... I'll say my personal favorite is Omega Shii. Um But, I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? To try to have oh. a pick from 500 yeah. great matches. Yeah, without question. Um, yeah, and it's funny because we, we often moan because as our listeners mostly <laughs> only watch WWE, we mostly only talk WWE. So sometimes things can, can get you down a little bit because, you know, we watch a lot of main roster WWE, but... It is comforting to always remember that if you can figure out how to turn New Japan on, you can you can go watch some really great matches there. Most you know most of these sort of high level indies have YouTube channels where they upload some of their best matches for free. Um, so if you have an internet connection, you can probably find if you're and you're and you're kind of discontented with WWE, you can find some just phenomenal work all over the world. Yeah, good times. Well, that will sort of bring us to the end of the show here as we sort of run down all of 2018. It was a year of highs and lows. (laughs) The highs were really high. The lows were Baron Corbin. (laughs) And it it was a long year. (laughs) Sure was a a very long year, especially like that September to December uh, run just feel like that lasted for about four years in and of itself. But uh, look, overall, I think the positives outweigh the negatives, at least when it comes to match quality, certainly. So overall, I I give 2018 one thumb up. (laughs) Sounds fair. (laughs) I can't give it two. It's not quite that. It doesn't outweigh it by that much. But I think uh, it's one thumb up. A a mild thumb up. Yeah, that's correct. All right. Anything else, or should we wrap up here? Uh, I'm uh, I'm quite ready to uh, ring in the new year. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Happy New Year! Uh, make sure to tweet us at twl underscore podcast if you feel 
we didn't maybe we didn't even mention one of your favorite matches or wrestlers of the year definitely feel free to tweet us and let us know but uh yeah until next week i'm liam and i'm ethan and we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life happy do year Dude, deuce. <laughs>Yes, please lead. And okay. uh, Family Man Chris Irvine is complaining on social media that Shutterfly screwed up his Christmas cards. <laughs> he just wants to send... He's a family guy. He's a good family man. <laughs> and he wants to send his Christmas cards and Shutterfly screwed him over. Uh, just You know, you hate to see good family men like Chris Irvine go through troubles like that. Yes. Yes. All right. All right, let me pull up my uh, my list of polls so I know what one. Vince, Vince Russo has a massive erection. <laughs> <laughs> Great pod. <laughs> Take us through the undercard. <laughs> Vince oh. McMahon, favorite Vince McMahon stories. <laughs> oh, yes. Um... So, yeah, definitely the one where he suggested Triple H and Chris Jericho climb the cell by shooting webs like Spider-Man. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. The one where uh, Jim Ross had to explain to him that some men find Asian women attractive. <laughs> and that's, that's why he should sign Gil Kim. <laughs> yes. That's... Ah. Uh, uh, the time that, like... Benoit and Tajiri or something were having a house show match and he hated it so much that he went out and made them <laughs> uh, stop the match and he like sent out two ladies for a bikini contest or something. <laughs> I think there's a story Brett told about him doing, not that, not with the ladies bikini contest, but getting so mad at like Flair and Savage that he made them go out and do the match a second time. Yeah, it was like a title change, I think. I think yeah, it's when, right. when they got the title off uh, 
Flair. I no, no, because they the reverse when Savage right, right, had right, won right. it and then dropped it back to Flair. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I thought that's that's always fascinating. Um, um, Vince McMahon hates sneezing. Sure, he gets mad at his sneezes <laughs> and his own, not just other people's. Correct. <laughs> Uh, that's always fascinating. I mean, the the Randy Orton versus Batista is going to be the greatest match of all time. Yes, um, that's it's yeah. pretty uh, far up there. Uh, Pritchard told a story on his podcast about uh, Vince being on a plane uh, when you could still smoke on planes, and Vince hates cigarette smoke. Huh. Um, and he, the guy next to him or in front of him or something, uh, lit lit up a cigarette. And Vince said, I'll give you 250 bucks if you put the cigarette out. And the guy said, no, I want to smoke. He was like, $500, I'll put the <laughs> cigarette. <laughs> if you put the cigarette out. The guy's like, no, I want to smoke. He's like, $1,000 if you put the cigarette out. So anyway, I forget what the, what the total was, but eventually he paid him like thousands of dollars to stop, to stop smoking. <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, the story of I think it was when when uh, when Mickey Work came in for that WrestleMania, and he brought <laughs> Frank Shamrock with him because he was afraid Jericho was going to shoot on him. Yeah. And Vince told Jericho that, "Hey, you, me, Finley, and Malenko, we could take those guys if anything goes wrong." <laughs> yes. Yeah, Frank Shamrock, and I think some other MMA fighter with him. <laughs> Vince is right. like, "Yeah, you, me, and Finley can take care of these guys." Right. Jericho's like, "Yeah, you take the little guy." <laughs> right. <laughs> It's a phenomenal story. Vince hates cigarette smoke, but Pat Patterson and Jim Ross are both legendary cigarette smokers. (laughs) Well, maybe that partially explains (laughs) Jim Ross's various tenure with uh, the WWE. Hang on, I'm going to put my my dogs in the cage real quick. Cage. Vince and Kurt Angle wrestling on an airplane? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Similar note, uh, there's, I think it was leading up to like WrestleMania in Phoenix. Kofi and Jericho and Cena and Vince were on a plane to do some kind of media. Yeah. And Vince got a little liquored up and started making fun of Kofi about how he maybe he'll get over one day. <laughs> and yeah. so Jericho told Kofi, you have to challenge him to a fight right now. <laughs> and they ended up, I think Kofi and Vince ended up wrestling. And now Kofi has a job for life. So, yep, there's that. There's something to that story. Um, Vince confusing um, an African American, another African American wrestler with Shelton Benjamin in a backstage Mm -hmm. meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's see. Um, Vince yelling at Freddie Prince for not watching WrestleMania on the WWE corporate jet. Freddie Prince was relaxing and watching a Richard Pryor comedy special. And Vince is like, what are you watching? And Freddie Prince is like, just watching some Richard Pryor. And Vince is like, why aren't you watching WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Vince, I just want to just want to laugh. I want to watch some comedy. And Vince is like, well, we have Santino. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <sighs> what an amazing fellow. The story about him having never seen Scarface, and so he thought Scott Hall was doing like a brand new revolutionary (laughs) 
character is pretty great too. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which, which, as I mentioned, brought to mind the the story of all four evolution guys going to see the first Jackass movie in <laughs> in, in in full suits. Tremendous. <laughs> Absolutely tremendous. Flair and and uh, Hunter and Orton and Batista lining up and like buying movie tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Bizarre. I try to keep on keeping on.